Hello, happy Tag Tuesday. Here we are again. <laughs> I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. You are listening to Two Average Girls. We're glad to have you with us on this rainy Southern California Tuesday. We don't say that very often. No, but I'm glad when we do. Yeah, we got some rain. Fun. It's pretty cold. It's kind of it's kind of crazy about California weather because mm. there really isn't any. No. It's usually like, oh, it's a chance of rain and then it doesn't rain. But right. this year it does rain when they say it's going to rain, kind of. Very exciting for They're the not meeting. really that great at it still. I have to say, I know it's a science. I, I don't oh, I know. They, they, it's like a guess. <laughs> it's not a science. <laughs> they, they act like it's a science. They've got the Doppler 5700 going around and they're talking about all these things. You know what's just as good as the Doppler 7500 or whatever you call it? Open your door. (laughs) Look up into the sky. There's your Doppler. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 That's about as good as it gets. A couple things straight off the bat. I have a podcast I want to recommend. Yes. There's podcast enough to go around. So I'm recommending a podcast. There's a couple million. <laughs> you can still listen to ours and listen to other podcasts. Yes, we suggest you do. I, I I would hope you would. I recommended this to Denise a little, but maybe a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you took me up on it. I doubt you did because you're a busy lady. Yeah, I'm a little busy. You're busy. You got a few things happening. Oh, whoops! I just turned the podcast on. Didn't mean to. Okay, this podcast is called "Let's Go to Court." Oh, and it's a, I've never listened. You haven't listened. It's mm. fun. It's two um, gals that are. I think they're in their mid thirties. They're in the Midwest somewhere and um it builds itself as a comedy podcast and they just go through and and do they tell each other stories like here's my crime and then she tells her here's my crime and they but their friendship is really cute they've been friends since they were little kids Mm -hmm. and now they're fully adults every once in a while one of their dads comes on as a special (laughs) guest and i'm telling you it's podcast gold he's hilarious let's just think about this (laughs) Now, your father's no longer with us. May he rest in peace. So we don't want him on. <laughs> that would you. be very scary and weird. Do we have a Ouija board? <laughs> um, my father, Dennis, we could invite him. But better yet, <laughs> what if we brought our mothers on? <laughs> what if we, here's a suggestion. What if we brought our mothers in here, turned the mics on, started recording, and then you and I left? Or just sit here and not say anything and I, see what happens. I don't want to be present. I mean, <laughs> when I suggested this, the look of terror Horror. in Anne's eyes yeah. was really something. Palpable. Yeah, it was palpable. <laughs> the whole the whole gamut of everything went there. Eyes bulged out. Face got a little pale. She started breathing heavy. And then she gave me the stink eye. <laughs> <laughs> I lived a lifetime in just those few seconds. It was literally, I could read it all on her face. It's so. like going to AA. First, there's denial. <laughs> <laughs> then there's forgiveness. I mean, it would be something, wouldn't it? It would be the day we get canceled. My husband has suggested that we, and this is off mark. No, this is not okay. being edited out. Okay, well, he suggested that we talk about the antics of our mothers. <laughs> 
how long you got. He thinks it would be hilarious. Listen, our weird news segments are usually short. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be short. No, it wouldn't be. Uh, no one wants to hear about our antics of our mothers. Our it's- mothers are great. It's just, I think when you become a certain age and we're a certain age, it's just a weird dynamic. Yeah. The mother-daughter dynamic is interesting anyway yeah, from the is. beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think you go through these stages of what you are to each other, and then it changes, and it's just interesting. It's constantly moving. It is. It's a moving target. It is a moving Well, stay posted <laughs> as to whether or not we ever do that. But in the meantime, take a listen to Let's Go to Court. Um, they are a lot of fun. The hosts' names are Kristen Caruso and Brandy Egan. And I just really... I mean, I can listen to true crime anyway, so that's yeah, that's too. fine in any sort of way they want to put it out there. But I, their friendship is really fun and that's adorable, fun. and they're they're kind of off color, a little irreverent. There's some swearing. If you don't, every once in a while they'll they'll drop in a swear word. I don't care that much about that, but some people really don't. Sensitive. They don't want that at all, which I understand because there's like kids around. But um, but just their friendship's really cute. Anyway, it's called Let's Go to Court and. Go ahead and give them a listen. They're not. They're not paying us. <laughs> no, I no. just found it and I thought it is was really fun. Is anybody paying us? Uh, no, no. The answer is no. Okay. Um. So, I don't. I've got a little. It's a small gripe, and I, I'm going to keep it short so that we can get right into our <laughs> podcast. But I, it's fresh on the mind because I just came from my Pilates class. Oh, it has to do with working out. Tell me if you. Tell me, Denise, if you've ever noticed this. Okay. Okay. So I've been going to Pilates for over 10 years now. And for a, the most part, it's all women. Yes. You very rarely get men in there. Except for like the last, well, since the beginning of the year, I think men have maybe... Nope. It's huh? since the pandemic. Okay. So pandem. Yep. There's They're been... home from work. <clears throat> they can work from home, okay. which means they're really not at home working. They're at Pilates. <laughs> So I'm at a Pilates class today, and there were um, five women and three men mm-hmm. in the class, which is a lot. So earlier this week, I was at a Pilates class, and there was a guy came sat next to me on the Reformer. This is Reformer Pilates. And we're in the middle of class, and I hear this, um, hey, um, like, I we're standing on the Reformer, and so he's behind me. We're all facing one direction. He's behind me. Um, hey, uh, I can hear this coming from him <laughs> i'm ignoring it as you can imagine you you said you tend to do that when men say those things anything um <laughs> excuse and he's kind of being kind of quiet because mm-hmm. there's music playing and the instructor is instructing sure. which is whom i'm listening to right which is what you're supposed to do especially hey, if you're standing on the reform just silence please i'm focusing um you know it might it might be easier if you did this oh he started mansplaining to he you? mansplained pilates to me <laughs> I stopped, turned around, looked him directly in the eye with the, the my usual look, which is just resting, you know, whatever the, face. RBF. <laughs> I've got RBF. I'm sorry to all of you who've come in contact with me and thought I was mad. I'm not. It's just the way my face looks. <laughs> I turned around and I looked at him and he looked at me with a look on his face like, uh-huh. Are you getting... Like, he was excited to be telling me this. Because now you're paying attention to what he's saying, so he's really going to help you. He's super excited that he's going to be helpful to me. And I go, are you the instructor? And I just turned right back around. And that was the last I heard from him. Great. That kind of put me to a place of, <laughs> dude, what are you doing? So fast forward to today, a couple days later. He didn't say anything afterwards. No, 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 no. He, he got the message. Big time. Okay, yeah. good. 
there's because there's some people who even with that they would still think well i'm not the instructor but i'm helping you i'm helping you and you should be happy that i'm helping you i'm here to help you thank you so much you know what uh, was the suggestion it we had a we were standing on the it's too boring to tell i have to modify the way i do right which a lot of people do in Pilates because right. they have injuries or different structures or whatever. And I have since to, you've done it long enough, you know how to modify for your body. For myself. Right. The instructor never comes up to me and, and says, hey, do this. Because I, I've been taking it so long, I know how to do it. Right. I'll ask her sometimes. And she'll be like, you know what might be easier. I've got super tight hamstrings and I have scoliosis. So I have different ways of modifying what I, what I need to do. <laughs> I was doing it what was right for me. <laughs> he didn't appreciate that, I guess. I, he thought he's going to be helpful. Fast forward to today. There's three men in the class. This is just a suggestion for life for all our male listeners out there. <laughs> if you are in public, do not grunt or groan. Oh my goodness. I am, I, like I said, I've been in class for over 10 years. I've never heard that. Women will every once in a while go, oh, I hate you, Sarah, or <laughs> whatever to the instructor when it's really oh, hard. Yeah. You're just like, oh, you're killing us. It's not like you're playing tennis and you're serving, you're like grunt, you know. No, 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 no. no. These three dudes who didn't know each other at various different times were grunting and never groaning. Heard that. You have never experienced this? No. And I'm wondering, it must not be the same men that I work out with. Probably not. It wasn't an early class. No. It wasn't an early class. It was sort of a midday class where any guy who has a, like a nine to five job, even if they're working from home, probably wouldn't be at this class. Oh. I don't think. Um, yeah. They felt free to just let fly. Gentlemen, just don't rethink it. Don't do it. <laughs> That's it. That's my was PSA. Else, was anybody else looking or paying attention? You or? don't, you know, you don't. I know. You don't look around. But the women are notably silent. Yes. No one's saying anything. I, you know, to me, the grunt would mean it's, it's really pushing myself, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think that they wanted everyone to know that this, to me, it's embarrassing because if you're grunting and you're pushing yourself and it hurts that bad that you have to grunt and everybody else is silent and we're able to do it without grunting, to me, that should tell you that, that you're kind of a wuss. Maybe. I mean, really, like, I, man up, stop talking and I, making noise. These are guys who need attention. Okay. This is not the place for that. This is not the place for that. No one cares. I will say this. Mm -hmm. Having worked out at a, a gym, and it, this is a gym that I, I no longer go to, but they trained people to uh, pose, you know, um, Mr. Universe, that kind of thing. <laughs> it was a hardcore, like, let's get our pump on kind of gym. Yeah. The That's what men do in the gym. Yes. There's I, a lot I, of grunting and groaning. Yes, and the yes. women, there was one gal in there who was, she was very vocal and it really bugged everybody. And I said to the owner who I, who was my trainer at the time, I'm like, what's her deal? And she's like, it's so weird when women make the noises because it, that's a guy thing. That's kind of all she had to say. Yeah. So there's something very, all you, all of our psychologists that, that are listening to this podcast, and I know there's, <laughs> there's many, um, it, what is the deal? I don't know. Because men aren't afraid to like really, men will really grunt it out, will really groan. And you look over and they're like, they're deadlifting, you know, 500 pounds or whatever it is. It's like, well, Not yeah, I'd, I'd probably groan too. You get into a Pilates studio though and it's like, bro. <laughs> Read your audience. Know your Know, know the your, room. Know the room. Know the room. So that's my gripe for the day. It went wow. on too long. Sorry. Wow. 
Wow. I so I guess the relaxing Pilates situation isn't so relaxing. It was a hard class. It was a, it was like a second level class, level and a half class, whatever you want to call it. So it was hard and I was shaking. It was like, it was embarrassing if anyone had looked at me, but I know no one was looking at me. But dudes, calm down. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares about your feelings in the Pilates studio. <laughs> Does anyone care about their feelings anyway? I don't. No. No. I, I just, the only thing I could think of when I was driving home was, I'll bet their wives just don't like them at all. And they don't have any, <laughs> especially the guy that was like, um, excuse me, excuse me, ma'am. Can I have, that guy is completely marginalized in his own home. How old was he? Um, Not that it really matters, but it just kind of gives me a No, visual. he was 40s. Okay. And all these guys are in pretty good shape. There's no one there who's, like the women, it runs a gamut. Right. There's some big ladies. There's some ladies who have eating disorders that are in there. It's like everybody just kind of goes. The men, they are, they're in good shape. They fear carbs. <laughs> they're those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the guys that go to Pilates. Yeah. And then they grunt. You so know, let's move on to the pod. Yeah. You know, we started <laughs> talking. I, a, a few weeks ago, I really kind of got myself down into a rabbit hole because I was going to go buy a lottery ticket. Do you do that often? I do not. Okay. And I never do. But I we've talked about this before. If there's a big mm. mega jackpot. Yeah. And there has been a few mega jackpots mm -hmm. in the last few months. Mm -hmm. And most recently, there was like one winner of like, I don't know how many billions of dollars. It was, it was, it was huge. Yeah. And it got me into the, okay, what are the odds? And they would talk about it on the radio, <laughs> right? Like if you go buy a lottery ticket right now, what are your odds? And yeah. it was like... I don't know how many billion to one. Like it was so crazy, the odds that, and then this guy by himself won. One how? You know, and, and made me, after that, I got online and I'm like, what are the odds of winning this lottery? You know, mm -hmm. and it got me down a rabbit hole. Yes. And I thought. It's a good rabbit hole. It's a fun rabbit hole. Because I mean, I literally spent, you know, a half an hour going, well, <laughs> what <laughs> and, are the odds if. And then what? <laughs> and then, wow, I could. <laughs> That would happen? Oh, that might be a possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. So that's today where we're, at. we're talking about what are the odds. And this is just rando odds of different things that happen while you're, I don't know, living your life. But let's break it down. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay. One of my favorite game shows. Do you have a favorite game show? I hate game shows. Oh, really? I do. I, Wait. I can't watch them. Hold up. Yep. I, I think I used to watch them all the time. My whole life growing up as a child. Yeah. You know, a child of the 70s. Sure. Game shows were our history. That's who we yeah. were. And I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. Oh, grandmas love game and shows. And grandmas love game shows. Love them. And so we watched The Price is Right. Bob Barker. Oh, my gosh. That was a favorite. Absolutely. And we watched The Dating Game. Oh, yes. That was so... Dating game is so cringy. So cringy now, but yeah. it was so fun back so there. Great. The newlywed game. The 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 questions that they're asking that are supposed to be sexy and saucy that are just like a double entendre. You're like, what are you? It's no. so it's so <laughs> tongue in cheek and yeah. so like, oh, can you believe they used to do this? Yeah, it's campy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like the ten thousand dollar pyramid. That's a good one. Now I do like that. I just never watch a game show now. Never. I don't. Yeah. The only show that we sometimes watch, and I only watch it because my husband has it on. It's a no brainer. Family Feud. Oh, Family Feud. Family Feud. You know, it's gone through a lot of different changes. Steve yeah. Harvey is now the MC or the host. He's funny. He and you funny. watch that and his interaction with people when they give answers that are so mm -hmm. crazy mm -hmm. or stupid. Dumb. You know, he's just 
he don't mess. <laughs> and I like it. It's funny. Who was the Richard Dawson? Richard Dawson was the OG host who used to kiss all the ladies. Yeah, he was so creepy. He's creepy, and it's just never would happen these days. Here's a little insider tip: if you ever come to Southern California and you decide you want to go to Hollywood to the Walk of Fame or whatever, that's a lot of times where they get those the answers to Ooh. the questions you know how it says 90 people said tomato mm -hmm. you know and then the next one i didn't know that they have people it's my worst nightmare man on the street producers go out taking surveys a lot of times because there's a good cross-section out on hollywood boulevard you get people from all over the world yeah so you know they go out Makes there sense. and they ask the questions they write down your answer and then that the tally comes to family feud so there's a pro tip if you are on hollywood boulevard at some point and someone's taken surveys it might be for the family Hollywood feud. Boulevard after dark just oh. beware <laughs> don't do it I was on Hollywood Boulevard we went to Grauman's Chinese Theater yes. last June <laughs> for my birthday and we went and saw Top Gun Maverick at Grauman's because it's kind of a IMAX theater we came out of there and it wasn't even like late late <laughs> it was just like dinner time late yeah the amount of crazy people and the behavior they were displaying was so <laughs> upsetting it was it's, like it's so it, it becomes amusing and then you realize this is not right uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it goes to that very very quickly it, it really you just sit there and you go wow this is a group of people and things i've never or shouldn't be seen at this time in the middle of the day yeah, or what are we doing what are we doing here and then you go oh shoot this isn't normal it's, and yeah. i could be in danger where's my purse yeah is everything strapped down yeah what's my exit strategy yeah i mean seriously oh the worst looking spider-man you've ever seen <laughs> they're so gross it's the whole thing is gross the dirtiest elmo it's <laughs> don't do that to elmo. elmo he never asked for that elmo is a little ratchet in He's, la <laughs> elmo is a national treasure stop it see listen when we go to vegas it's the same kind of thing Ugh. there's just so many weird people trying to earn a buck and just do some things but we digress uh, no. again. Let's get back. Okay, so let's start with, I was talking about game shows. This game show is The Price is Right. My grandma used to watch it daily, religiously, probably like your grandma, yes. old Bob Barker. Mm -hmm. Come on down. What are the odds of being called to come on down? One in 36. That's not too bad. No, that's not too shabby. And this, you could actually become a winner I mean, of course, the, the numbers get a little tighter after that. Like, well, you got, you know, one in whatever to win the showcase showdown. Sure. It gets, you know, it it's winning the big prize is probably secondary to actually getting called to come on down. Have you ever been on a game show? I've never been on a game show, but I was on the Lisa Gibbons show. I was in the audience. You remember Lisa Gibbons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was in her audience. Wow. I went up there with a girlfriend back in the late 90s. I don't know why. But but the deal is you stand in line mm -hmm. and hope to get in. And uh, sometimes you get chosen and sometimes you don't. I A friend of mine, and you know her, Mindy Smith, Mindy. she was on The Price of Right as Right. Did she, get, right. Called, did she get called down? Yeah. Did she win anything? I can't remember. But I mean, she loves game shows. And she's really good at them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like there's certain people who can, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah, I can you see know, her being like very good at that. Fast on her feet. She's super smart, first of she's all. She's very smart. So then that helps. And she's also likes that. She's that personality. I, we went to a Ducks game before. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had Ducks tickets forever, but a long time ago. And we're, we have pretty good seats so we're on the jumbotron sometimes uh -huh. and as soon as the jumbotron comes to me i turn my head or i duck <laughs> i 
as soon as it goes to her, she starts, you know, dancing funky and she likes that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. I'm not into it. The game that always gets me on the price is right is the one where you have to guess the price of the groceries and mm. I never guess right. I'm like, a box of pudding, that's probably twenty nine cents. No. It's a buck thirty, you dummy. <laughs> pasta that's probably two dollars no it's 92 cents you know it's like i never get that right but i do like plinko so i don't know what you're talking about okay anyway i have no idea what you're talking about well you know just just to go to the basics yeah we're going to be talking about something and this is like the very first thing that you think of what are the odds what are the odds Getting struck by lightning. Oh, what are they? Right? Odds? You know, yeah. U.S. Weather Service places a person's odds of being struck by lightning in a given year as 1 to 1,222,000. Okay. So, so it's a one, to, a 1 to a million. 1 in a million. 1 in a million, literally. Literally 1 yeah. in a million. Mm-hmm. It's based on the population. That probability climbs significantly when looking at the odds of being struck by lightning in a lifetime. Oh. In a lifetime... You have a one in a 15,300 average. Well, okay. So the one in a million is just during a storm? In any given year. In any given year, it's one in a million. But, but over in a your lifetime. lifetime. I don't understand that exactly. It's averaging the lifetime to be 80 years old. So you average that out and the numbers go down. You could... I would think that where you live has a huge... For real. I mean, we don't get those kind of lightning strikes here. Mm-mm. But you go back Mm-mm. to the Midwest or yeah. even I was in Montana and that is like, lightning. it's real. Yeah. That's, that's next level. You you feel it. Right. In your bones. Right. Right. So. Uh-huh. Okay. Anyway, so that's the basics. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you, mm-hmm. it's not a trick question. It's a real question. <laughs> what is your favorite government entity? If you told me your least favorite, I would be able to tell I'm you. being sarcastic. Okay. There is no favorite. <laughs> Should I do my least favorite? Go ahead. IRS. There you go, baby. <laughs> That's it. So the one thing that we love about the IRS is their auditing system. It's so great. Don't we love that? We love it so much. Just on a daily, I give thanks for it. Um, the odds of being audited by the IRS are <laughs> 1 in 160. Those I've- aren't good odds. Those aren't good odds. And no. I've been audited personally mm-hmm. and business-wise mm-hmm. twice in my life. Of course. And isn't it fun? It's so great. Mm-hmm. I just love it. It's, you know, and this last time, they owed me money. Good. So. Surprise. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, they immediately came forth with a check, right? No. They no. just said, we're going to roll this over to your sure, next. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. And they don't pay interest. No, of course not. <laughs> um, this factors into all tax returns filed, the one in 160, including those filed by billionaires and huge corporations. But if you're earning a middle-class income, you don't have a whole lot to worry about. If you earn less than $200,000 annually and don't attach any schedules, such as Schedule C or E, to your tax return, statistically speaking, you have a better chance of being abducted by aliens. <laughs> Or dating Taylor Swift than being audited. That's according to Forbes magazine, who wow. are, they're very good writers over there at Forbes, apparently, because that's hilarious. That is hilarious. And I find that hard to believe since I've been audited twice. My my suggestion to everybody would be this. Let's take that tax book that's like, you know. The ten, big one? The big one. The 10 <laughs> inch thick book that everybody has to understand. And there's all these loopholes that Everybody gets away with, except for the people who really need not to be paying the taxes. Middle America. Like middle America. Mm -hmm. Let's just do a 10% across the board flat tax. Mm -hmm. There's none of this. 
every single we won't have to have cpas to figure this out it's so complex and they won't do it mm-hmm. they won't do it because it will literally take probably hundreds of thousands of people out of the there, there won't be anything the workforce we'll all be able to do our own taxes 10 percent. simplify it simplify it and guess what everyone would be paying the one percent would be paying 10 percent. but that's not enough well, you should be paying more, Richie Rich. I'm just saying, I'm not the one percent. No, I, I mean, but ten percent would be so easy. Ten percent of a billion. There's no deductions. You just do it. Yeah, you just do it. And this has been Tax Corner with Denise <laughs> Cooper. Like I said, I didn't want to be an auditor, CPA, accountant. No. That's not my forte, but. I'm no math major, but 10% seems like a good idea. (laughs) Just saying. So we're coming up on one of my favorite holidays, not because I'm Irish. Oh, because you love to drink. Because I love green beer. (laughs) You love leprechauns? I love rainbows. You do. four-leaf clovers. You do. And my son was born on St. Patrick's Day. So that's really why it is. So what are the odds? Have you ever found a four-leaf clover? No, uh uh-uh. Well... I'm going to tell you what the odds are because I literally when this came up, I was like, oh, I look for four leaf clovers. Do you? I do. I've never found one. No, no, no. I have had to buy a four leaf clover. You can purchase them? Yeah. Like you can go to like little gas station things will have them or I bought them over the years because Chance was born Mm -hmm. on St. Patrick's Day. This genetic plant quirk brings the luck of the Irish to just one in every 10,000 clovers. (gasps) Oh. So one in 10,000. Wait, so they haven't genetically modified these things? Like we have a black rose. Says says Dr. John Frett, professor of plant and soil sciences at the University of Delaware. Exciting. I I don't know how you got that degree. He's fun at a party. He's really got something going. (laughs) That doesn't mean you won't find one, though. The Guinness World Records shows that the most four-leaf clovers ever collected in a single hour. Oh. Single hour. Okay goes to Gabriella Gernhardt of Fitchburg, Wisconsin. Ooh. Now, again, she gathered on September 21st, 2019. Okay. She gathered 451 four-leaf clovers. So there was a field that was just promulgating. When I read this, I thought, I need more information. (laughs) Thank you. Because the reason I'm saying that is because what... Where is she? Yeah. So it, in this book of, in the Guinness Book of World Records, it was collected on that on that day. She began collecting four-leaf clovers after finding her first one in 2010. Okay. She then, since then, she has um, honed her skills and even achieved the title of the most four-leaf clovers ever collected in an eight-hour period. Jeez. That's pretty obsessive. You might want to double check that because I don't. that doesn't seem right. This is the Guinness Book of World Records. No, and they, they don't mess. I know. In 2018, she had identified a patch of land filled with clovers and kept track of the area. Oh. The highest clover count came in September. So Gabriella planned this attempt around this time to ensure her best chances of achieving that one-hour record title. Okay. It doesn't say where that was. I had done this deep dive oh. because I'm like, where can we find it? Yeah. She's from Wisconsin. It's September. I don't know if it, it, it just says where Fitzburg, but that's where she's from. Yeah. She doesn't want to tell because there's something in the soil and the cross pollination of clovers. Yeah. They show a little picture of her here. 
and they they're verifying that these are actual four leaf clovers yeah oh and she's just down there picking away yeah like nobody's biz yeah she's just going to town so just saying if you're looking for a four leaf clover they are out there there's one in ten thousand chance of finding oh my goodness basically unless you're gabriella unless you're gabriella and you've got the magic leprechaun touch exactly i was on a beach last month in Kauai, mm-hmm. and there was a lady on the beach who was scouring the beach. She kept walking back and forth in sort of in front of me and around sure. me and all over the place. <laughs> it was it's a it's a secluded beach. It's like a locals only beach. No one even knows kind of that it's there, sort of thing, unless you live there and that's what you're down for. But anyway, doesn't matter. I finally said to her, "Are you looking for something in particular?" Because she had her hand like in a little cup, and she did have a few things in there. And she goes, "I'm hunting for puka shells." And I'm like, okay. And That's a thing? Yeah, like a puka necklace right. kind of thing. Right. Well, I said, show me. Can you can you show me? So she held out her hand, and they are perfectly circular, really? tiny. Because there's tons of little tiny shells all over the place. These have to be in a perfect circle. Most of them are oblong. And by the time she was done, she'd been out there for probably two hours. Wow. And she finally just said, okay, I'm, I'm packing it in or whatever as she was walking by me. And I go, how many did you find? And she looked at her hand. She goes, 22. Wow. Two hours. And she's digging in the sand. That's dedication for the necklace. I'd yeah. have to make like a bracelet for a baby. You can also go to the ABC store. <laughs> because now you... <laughs> Now you got to drill a little tiny baby hole in those little tiny baby shells in order to string them. But it was very important for her that she had like the authentic, they were from the sea. So she's not lying. Good for her. Yeah, that is good. She had it going on. All right. This one really spoke to my heart. The odds of being born with 11 fingers or toes. Oh, is is there a reason it spoke to you? My uh, grandfather had six fingers on one hand he did he was born in southern italy very rural no hospitals born at home clearly uh turn of the century type of situation even before the turn of the century late 1800s they didn't now it happens and they just they just tie it off immediately like before the baby's even had time to like do it's gone instantly you don't even know because it's just a little like it's a little nub this was a fully functioning fully formed sixth finger on his hand was it like a pinky um his hand i have a photo of him where you can truly see it and it's not it looks like a hand that was supposed to have six fingers they're all perfectly you know how they go down a little bit and from the middle it was there's just six fingers so his sixth finger is his pinky. Yeah, his sixth finger is his pinky. But it wasn't a weird off to the side thing. It was right his there. His hand in, was the right size. It was right there in Only line with the rest hand. of them. Just on one hand. And did it come down in genetically through anybody else in your family? Not that I know of. But we also probably would right. never hear of it. Right. Because you're born in a hospital. They immediately remove it. It's not a problem. They would tell you as a mother, I would think that you... I didn't know he had been born with a six finger until I saw this picture. And we had this little thing at work one day. Everybody bring in a photo of, you know, your oldest relative or whatever kind of thing. And it was just kind of like this fun little thing that we did. And I brought it in and our editor goes, you know, he's got six fingers on that hand. (laughs) And I had to look at it so closely because it, because it's so normal looking, it doesn't, you can't tell. It's amazing. It's amazing. So anyway, the odds of being born with 11 fingers or toes is one in 500. So that means this is what they said on this on this particular website. If you follow 1,000 people on Twitter, one or two of them were probably born with an extra appendage. 
it's not a big deal. Like I said, you probably wouldn't even know unless you're the mom. Yeah. And they tell you, hey, we got to take Junior in and remove this, you know. But other than that, it's like, no, it's not a big deal. There's a lot of genetic mutations mutations, and weird things with hands and feet. Like webbing? No, like toes. Like, what? like the Cooper toes have got like a problem with their toes. Like oh. a pinky toe that's got like a, a it's almost like a hook toe. Oh. And it and it's been passed down. And you can see when babies are born, we'll look at their feet and oh, they, got the, they got a Cooper toe. <laughs> it's weird even as a little baby you can see it it kind of is the toe is kind of weird at first and like my kids had them but now they don't have it it, they outgrew it it didn't it didn't become anything but it's just strange how things work like that yeah it's very Yeah. yeah i have hitchhiker's thumb Oh, wow. I'm showing Denise and she's super impressed. Wow. I wish Which, I had my phone. We'll have to take a picture of that. That's a genetic That is. Malfunction. I'm just saying, I don't know. No. Yeah, no. You can go real deep. I can do it with both. Wow. Yeah. Can your No, I'm the only members? one in, I'm the only one in my family who can do that. What about Cameron? No, Cameron can't do it. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Well, we talked about the, the obvious things are we talked about getting struck by lightning. Sure. And then people will be like, what are the odds of Going down in a plane crash? No. No. That's it. That okay. is on my list. Okay. I'll let you know about that in a minute. Mm. Especially since we're going to be getting on a plane in a couple of weeks. That's awesome. Um, but <laughs> but what are the odds of getting struck by a meteorite? You know, I mean, and you'll hear about some kind of phenomenon, you know, going on. And they'll talk about it. I've listened to a lot of Joe Rogan. And he's got some really smart people that talk about this kind of stuff, about what's going on in on the planet and you know spacex guys are coming on and they're talking about all these things and you're like no what if it did hit the earth right what's gonna happen and they make movies about this right well let's just talk about it okay meteorites may be the heart of many science fiction and disaster films it is true but when it comes to real science earth is a big planet covered with a large inhabited areas considering the empty versus the occupied planetary surface area you have plenty you have pretty low if wide ranging odds between one and three thousand one and three thousand okay and in one in twenty five thousand according to one estimate of being killed by a meteorite impact okay that's a big difference between three thousand and twenty five thousand it says it says you have plenty of Low if wide ranging odds. Okay. So low and wide. Like mm-hmm. maybe. Yes. Yeah, okay. And that's between one and 3,000. And one in 250,000 according to the estimate of being killed by a meteorite impact. Okay. That being said. Yeah. A man in 2016 mm-hmm. died from a meteorite impact. It. How does it hit you so perfectly? And the famous nine pound Hodges meteorite which hit him. It's only nine pounds. It's like a bowling ball. Yep. In 1954, made direct contact with Ann Hodges' thigh as she napped on her living room couch. It just skimmed her? She's alive? Yep. What do you do with the meteorite? The only person ever hit by a meteorite, the real trouble began later. Oh. They call this the Hodges meteorite. I'm going to show you. Let's see a picture. That's cool. It looks cool. If you, yeah. When we go to places that yeah. have those kind of things, my husband's always looking for meteorites. Sure. Because if you've ever felt one, it's this piece of rock yeah. that you think you can pick up. Yeah. And it's super heavy. Right. It's really dense and it's really weird. Only one person is recorded in history of ever being direct, directly hit by a meteorite. Anne Hodges, 34, was napping under quilts on her couch 
in, Sil- in Silicaga, Alabama on November 30th, 1954. Okay. When a nine pound meteorite came through the ceiling and bounced off a radio before hitting her in the thigh. Okay. It left a deep bruise and catapulted her into both both quite quiet fame and a major legal dispute with her landlady, who thought she rightfully owed owned the rock. So the landlady <sighs> says to this woman, you can't have it anymore. Mm. Even though it hit you mm. and it came through the ceiling where you were laying. Now I'm mad at the landlady. Anne's bruise seen in the photo in Time magazine looks painful, but the real trouble started... Um, for Anne after the meteorite strike. Between the protracted court battle with her landlady and the media attention, Hodges' mental and physical health went downhill. She separated from her husband and eventually died of kidney failure in a nursing home at age 52. Oh, no. I think she might have had some other problems. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. The meteorite did bring good fortune to one of her neighbors, Julius Kemptis McKinney, a local farmer found a chunk of the Hodges meteorite that was less than half as big as the one that struck the woman and it is, that it's named after. McKinney told his postman, he told his postman who helped him get, get a lawyer to negotiate the sale of his find. In the end, he made enough money to buy a car and a house. There you go. There we go. Yeah. So it's better than the landlady yeah. argument. Yeah. I don't know who ended up getting that. I'll bet it's in the Smithsonian somewhere now. It must. You got to sell it to a museum. It doesn't say, but the landlady. Yeah, yeah. she's such a jerk. She's a jerk. She's a jerk. Okay. Do you want to talk about the odds of dying in an airplane crash, or would you rather talk about the odds of being injured by a toilet? Let's talk about the toilet. That sounds more fun. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, the odds are higher that you're going to be injured by a toilet. One in ten thousand. The CDC. The Centers for Disease Control got involved in this one. And um, they have a whole study about non-fatal bathroom injuries. (laughs) It's a whole study. They put money towards this. Who decides that? The IRS? (laughs) I don't know. Sounds like something they would do. (laughs) I don't know, but I love it. Anyway, there's a whole, there's a link here on this website that I'm looking at. And it's, um, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but... The CDC did an entire study about non-fatal bathroom injuries. It's definitely worth a read. Just know, as you are going into your bathroom later today, there's a 1 in 10,000 chance that you're going to be injured by the toilet. Jeez. Hmm? Jeez. Cheese? Jeez. Oh, jeez. I was going to say, well, cheese might have a problem with the toilet too. No, I'm just saying, like, wow. Like, is nothing safe? No, nothing safe. And I wonder... This I know this is a myth, but I wonder if that's including airline bathrooms. You know, they, there's those stories about being stuck on a toilet in an no. airline bath. What? I've never heard that. Okay, that's a, that's, that's a thing. It's a different conversation. The, <laughs> yeah, there's. I think, like I said, I think it's a myth or like a creepy pasta where it's like I went into the bathroom on my flight and I got sucked in. No, to the toilet. I no. couldn't get off the toilet. Why are you telling me this? When are you getting on a plane? Well, I'm supposed to come visit you in Ma- Oh, in oh, Hawaii. oh, you're going to Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you don't need the bathroom. It's only a six-hour flight. <laughs> don't do it. Don't drink anything before, during, and just right as you're getting off. That's right. Just grab those little baby Coca-Colas on your way out the door. <laughs> the odds of dying in a plane crash are one in 205,552. So 
Not nearly as bad as a car or a motorcycle, which is like one in 850 chance of dying. But, you know, you're pretty safe up there in the sky. So don't worry about it. You'll make it just fine, Denise. So what are the odds of falling out of a plane? No, being in a plane crash. What are they? One in 200,000, 5,552. So I'm going to say one in 200,000. One in 200,000. That's not as many as I would hope. You think it should be one in a million? Yes. Well, I mean, planes do crash. Dallas always tells me, and Dallas is our friend Mm -hmm. who was, Mm -hmm. he just retired from being a pilot. You have better odds of dying in a plane, in a car crash than you do do in a plane crash. You do. Which is probably fine. But still, I do not want to be in a plane that is almost, that does crash or almost crash. Did you hear about the plane crash that almost happened a couple weeks ago? When did it happen? I'll tell you right now. It happened in, it was a United flight from Hawaii plunged to within 800 feet of the Pacific Ocean in Maui. Those people that all got injured, is that the one? A United flight in Maui. It was from Maui to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. It plummeted to less than 800 feet above the Pacific Ocean shortly after takeoff. This was in December. An apparent near crash and and previously unreported safety incident revealed by airline industry publications. Unreported safety incident? I don't like the sound of that. Flight tracking data analysis revealed that the Boeing 777-200 had reached an altitude of roughly 2,200 feet when it began to a steep nosedive. Mm -mm. No. Descending at a rate of about 8,000 feet per minute Mm -mm. no what was the cause do we know after dipping below 775 feet that's how close they got to the ocean oh we're going in at that point the flight recovered altitude and traveled to san francisco without further issues (laughs) they kept going this is where i am i'm when i heard this a friend of mine who lives in Maui part-time, was talking about this as she got home. And she's like, she heard about this the night before she got onto her plane to come home. She hadn't heard about this. This kind of got brushed under the rug, to be honest with you. I haven't heard that one. The entire ordeal unfolded in heavy rain, lasted less than 45 seconds, and was not mentioned in recordings of air traffic control radio calls reviewed by the air current, by the air current which is the um airline industry's publication it's called air current air current okay united closely coordinated with the federal aviation administration and airline pilots association international on an investigation that ultimately resulted in the pilots receiving additional training oh so it was pilot a united spokesman spokesperson josh freed said that the statement to the gardening about the incident safety remains our highest priority the pilots had a combined twenty-five thousand hours of flying experience Mm. between them okay and had fully cooperated with the investigation okay the united flight closed flights close call came amid a period of turmoil for the u.s airline industry (laughs) also in december a hawaiian airlines flight that's the one. Do we want to hear about this? Yeah, that's the one where people got real injured because they weren't wearing their seatbelts while they Preparing were just to sitting. land in Honolulu. Experienced severe turbulence. Mm-hmm. At least thirty-six people were injured on yeah. that flight. Who, who, with 20, 20 being taken to a hospital mm-hmm. and eleven listed in serious condition. Yeah, 
Now, when I'm on an airplane, I keep my 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 seatbelt buckled unless I go to the bathroom or I'm getting up. That's what you should do. I think you need to because you just don't know. Turbulence. Have you ever been on a plane when turbulence were pretty, pretty ding? I've been in on a few where it's been like a little terrifying. You're like, well, I don't know. But the the last flight, inter-island flight I took from Oahu to Kauai, that return flight was at night, probably nine o'clock, dark, no moon. Set Ooh. the stage. Here we go. Wow. We go to land. Pretty dramatic. Thank you. I love drama. Uh, we go to land and the pilot missed the landing. Oh. And so we, <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one wants that. I, the funny thing was he, of course, I'm here, obviously. So he, nothing bad happened. So they circled, but it's a big plane. So the circle's not tight. So you're like, wait, where are we going? I'm sitting with my husband who's a pilot and he's like, no, don't worry about it. He, I can tell he's circling. He just missed the land. It's not a big deal. There might have been another plane on mm-hmm. the landing strip. So he probably, you know, who knows what happened? Doesn't matter. Fine, we landed. The thing was, I had seen our pilots before we got on the plane. They came walking through with their, you know, little Starbucks cups or whatever. Were they slurring their words? They weren't slurring. That's but good. They were young. <laughs> and I was like, wait, that's not our pilots, are they? And they walked through our gate. And I was like... Oh, I mean, I clocked You're it. You're like, Doogie Hauser. do you have a license? Can you drive a car? I clocked it before we even got on the plane. I was just like, wow, they're young. I mean, young. And then when that happened, I'm like, <laughs> someone needs to have a discussion with Doogie and friend. Yeah, so I think there is a huge, huge issue with a, the, a pilot crisis, really. Mm-hmm. There's not enough pilots Mm-mm. out there. Mm-mm. And we are going to be experiencing, I feel like, possibly more of these near misses if we have the standard that could be not as high as it needs to be or we're bringing in people to fill spots that might not necessarily be as qualified maybe i don't know maybe our that's just me being glass half empty basically okay thanks thanks denise no i i agree and our friend warren's oldest longest friend uh best friend in the world is also a pilot he now works for the faa he was telling us last week we uh went skiing with him and he said that there's talk of uh bumping that the age at which they retire what mandatory retirement now is what 65 okay they're thinking of extending extending it i would rather see a seasoned 67 year old in the cockpit than a maybe a 25 year old no give me that silver fox every day i mean that's just me. I'd rather have that experience than, but again, I think that there's a way of doing that where Silver Fox meets Doogie Hauser mm-hmm. in the cockpit and they mentor each other, right? Yeah. Right. Like there's a mentor prop situation going on. But sure, sure, sure. That's not even happening now because no. they're just, airlines are just outbidding each other to get these people yeah. to come and work for them because it's, I think we're going to see in the next three to five years, we're going to have some problems getting plane flights they out. need to revamp the whole they do it was tough getting them getting those companies through covid and i mean mm-hmm. i know that they were like this given government contracts etc but it's it hasn't been the same no so so how long if you could choose the optimum amount of time to live what would it be the optimum amount of time you want me to put a mm-hmm. an age to it mm-hmm. um Okay, I wish I could just give you a straight answer. I want to live as long as I can, as long as I'm mentally and physically like spry. So let's say 82. 82. Okay. That's pretty young. Is it? I think so. Okay. The average age of, we've we've increased our age and what we live. Sure. The odds of living to be 100. Okay. Now, 
for me, I don't mind living to be older as long as I I'm not a burden on somebody and yes. my faculties are about me. That's right? what I'm saying. But yeah. you don't get that choice. You don't. Sometimes you just live. Yeah. And your body lasts longer than your mind or vice versa. Yeah. Right? So technological advances have more than doubled the human life expectancy. Doubled? Doubled. Worldwide in the last century. So in the last okay. century, it's literally doubled. Well, because you were having kids at 14 in the last and century. penicillin. We got a whole yeah. bunch of new things going <laughs> yeah. on, right? Yeah. We've, got, we've got new advances. But in 2021, the United Nations estimated about 573,000 living centurions. That's 100. Yes. How many? 573,000. That's worldwide? Yes, okay. worldwide. Okay. In February of 2021, 97,000 people in their 100s were alive in the United States. What? 97,000. In their hundreds. Yes. In the in their hundreds. Women have much higher odds of reaching this feat than sure. men. Sure. As women make up more than 80% of the centurions. 80? 80. 80%. Oh, can you imagine? So I don't think you're going to, I don't think 82 is going to be your number. You think it's going to be higher? I hope it is because I'm planning on, we have longevity in my family. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I really am conscious of really taking care of myself mm -hmm. right now I haven't been the best at it mm -hmm. but I still try to exercise and be moving and right. take seriously my health because yeah. the last thing I want to do is live to be 80 or 90 and be in a wheelchair or right. not being able to walk up a flight of stairs right you know I like I just want to have a quality of life that's good right so um, but don't go planning your 100th birthday party quite yet. Okay. Your odds fluctuate by a host of factors, not the least of which being those who are youngest now have a significantly higher chance of living to 100 than the rest of us. So those who are youngest now, the the next generation, the yeah. generation, I don't know what they call I don't them. know what they're called. They're called like, I don't know. So like your grandkids. My grandkids. Have a better chance of reaching 100 plus? I think even my own children. Probably have a better chance of that. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. Yeah, hundred used to seem so old, but my grandmother and she passed away probably fifteen years ago now. I'm not sure. She lived to be eighty eight. Mm -hmm. She wasn't healthy though. She, yeah, she was struggling at the end. Yeah, for at least five or six years. Ooh. My great grandmother, she was in her late eighties. Yeah, my grandfather was one hundred and three. <gasps> How? Was he okay until death or what? No. Okay. I mean, at 90, he had a broken hip. Okay. And he had a broken hip earlier that than that. It's boring, but he didn't get it fixed. And I think once you oh. become immobile, yeah, that's when your mind, when you can move and get out into the world, and even if you're in your own home and you can move around, yeah, you have the ability to keep your mind moving. Yeah. When you stop that, yeah, everything kind of stops. And so he had a struggle. But my grandmother, his wife, yeah. Her father lived to be in his 90s. Ooh. All of her sisters lived to be eight, eight, late 80s and 90s. Ooh. Her mother lived to be in her 80s. Yeah. So it was, there's there's a very good chance I am going to see some years. That's good though. I guess. You take good care of yourself. I hope so. Years ago, probably 25 years ago, I was in church and this lady gets up. She was like this very... Not famous, but like everybody knew her because she was super old. I think she was 89. She got up and gave a little talk mm -hmm. one Sunday at church. And she said, I just got back from Deer Valley skiing. 89. 
And I rode up the ski lift with a woman who was 90. And she looked amazing. So I skied right down into the Deer Valley Club and bought myself a new outfit. Because I said, if I'm going to be on the slopes another year, <laughs> I got to look better than her. Wow. Skiing. Yeah. Snow skiing at 90. Yeah. I hope. I pray. That's my that's that, amazing that's my outcome that's amazing come on that's amazing okay i think it's funny that these are what these a lot of these are preying on your worst fears exactly <laughs> they're also cliche i feel like like struck by lightning yes yeah yeah a little bit um this one is kind of outside the box odds of becoming a billionaire oh pretty much none according to <laughs> forbes <laughs> only our former president of the united states <laughs> whom which one well, when they're in office, President Trump. When they're out of office, all of them. Oh. <laughs> I don't think they're billionaires. I don't know. Billionaires? They I get, don't know. They get pretty rich. <sighs> Pelosi, she's got some bucks. What? She's a public servant. I know. She's done a I great job. I don't know job. how she does that. I don't either. Uh, Forbes says that there are now 2,208 billionaires that's it 2200 wow billionaires out there running amok over seven billion people on the planet that's I, amazing i can't do the math but there's only there's only 2200 billionaires so your chances aren't great denise i know that's what you're striving for is that billionaires club i don't understand it we, the, we we hear a lot about billionaires but i guess it's just the ones that make the news there, yeah, who are these others? I don't know. Well, they're in Saudi Arabia. Probably. They probably are. It's, it's oil they're money. Saudi. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, that's the kind of money. We have a billionaire who lives close to us on the island of Kauai. I will not name names. But Star, it rhymes with? Shark Muckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like. Anyway. He lives quite close, and yeah. you and I have been the compound, driven seen, by the compound. We've seen the compound. We always look around to see if anybody might notice that we're what a bummer looking over the fence. What a bummer that life is. I know what a terrible, terrible life to live, and that's you're, your, not, you're saying that, and you're not joking. No, you're that, not saying that facetiously. No, it's awful. You're in a prison. I know it's a beautiful posh prison with cooks and chefs and personal trainers, but it's a prison. No, thank you. Sometimes I need to run over to the ABC store and get me some puka shells, and I don't want to have to worry about it. Yeah, you're not doing that when you're no, 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 shark muckerberg. muckerberg. No, you're absolutely not. No. So let me just—I'm gonna—I'm gonna tack onto that one. If since being a billionaire doesn't play into your fears, falling to your death might. Oh, okay. That is literally—I have a fear of drowning. You do. You're such a good swimmer. I. It's not me. I don't feel like I'm going to drown, but I don't want to drown. I don't want to drown. Like, is that isn't sense? that just being a human? Well, I guess. But when I can't even watch a television show when someone's drowning. Oh. Like if someone's drowning, it gives me claustrophobia to the place of like, I start getting like, I feel uneasy. That would be one when of the worst When you're talking about it, I literally am like, mm -mm. it gives me. Drowning? Yeah. Yeah. Drowning. No. But falling to my death, I've had many, many. Dreams? Nightmare. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a big dream yes. thing, and I don't know what it means. I'm sure we could find a, somebody to explain it. But yeah, ugh. well, the chances are one in 119. That's a that's that's kind of high that's, that's not good. No, it's not good. It's a pretty but, alarming statistic, and this statistic comes from the National Safety Council, who has the numbers. But see, I when I think of falling to my death, I think of like I'm on a 10 story building and I fall off, or I'm like you know I'm on the side of a mountain 
yeah. hiking, mm-hmm. angels landing, and yep. I fall to my death. Right. This could be anything from falling off a stepladder. It could be. It's all. It also takes into account suicide. Oh, so, yeah. The numbers are a little bit skewed as far as that's concerned. But if I'm just walking doo to do somewhere on an outdoor staircase, I don't know where I'm at that I'm on an outdoor staircase where there's no safety rails. <laughs> that's the thing where I'm like, what if, no, the accidental falling to your death. I think that number must be much, much higher. Falling out a window in Manhattan. You can't open the windows to fall out. Right. You know, like in right. Las Vegas. It's like, well. No, you can't get out. You can't they get out there. Out. No, they're not going to let you out. So no. I don't know. It's a, it, That's kind of a weird number. It is. Because it seems very high. Do you are you right handed or left handed? I'm right handed. Okay, you. I think most people are. I have a yeah. lefty in my family. My Ooh. son Chance really? is born is left handed. Oh. Yes, yes, and he is ambidextrous though in certain things because as a child when he started playing sports he started using you know instead of we we put him in tennis and he was writing left handed but he would use his right hand right. to he was right handed when he was playing lacrosse Sports. or yeah, yeah. Look, it's very strange mm-hmm. my father is right handed but bats left handed uh-huh southpaw south call it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so this is just a rando fact um being ambidextrous can you write with your left hand no. even though you're right handed uh-uh. have you ever tried i have i mean i have tried okay i have a little bit of a tennis elbow going on I know. On your right hand. On my right arm. Right arm, okay. It's it's pretty painful, I Mm -hmm. have to say. Mm -hmm. I've never had it before, and it's next level. Mm. And so I try to use my left hand whenever I can recently in the last couple months because it's literally hurting that bad. Like if I'm vacuuming or something, anything. It's hard. Why are you vacuuming? No. (laughs) Kidding. Listen, billionaires club. No, (laughs) go ahead. I guess all of us can't have a live-in maid. (laughs) I guess not. Um, So the odds that you can use both hands equally for any task are low. Yeah. The Reader's Digest reports that only one in every 100 people is ambidextrous. I think that's high. How many? One in 100. No. That's what it says. Because they're Reader's Digest are saying that. I love Reader's Digest, but I think they're taking into account people like your son. Yes. My son's the same way. He's right-handed, but he bats left. When I think of ambidextrous, I think of writing. I think you can do anything with either hand. That's my yeah. version of ambidextrous. Yeah. That might not be right. Some people may learn to use their non-dominant hands mm. out of convenience or necessity, but that's not the same thing. Okay. So that they're saying that's not the same thing. I would take that as fully ambidextrous is one in 100, meaning you can interchange your hand usage <sighs> at any time. I, I'm questioning that. Personally. I'm questioning that too. But- I don't know. I like it. That's interesting. It's, it's very interesting. Okay. Well, while we're in the water and poor Denise is fearing her drowning death, <laughs> what are the odds of getting attacked by a shark? Oh, I, I knew we had to talk about this. Well, it is one of those ones. It's like yep. odds of being struck by lightning. Yep. Okay. Yep. One in 3.7 million. Really? Yeah. It's it's <laughs> The chances are pretty, pretty low. Shark attacks get all kinds of media attention when they happen. Yes, yeah, sure. I mean, that yeah. sweet little girl on Kauai that got her arm yeah. bitten off mm-hmm. by Bethany Hamilton. Bethany. Mm-hmm. Um, they hardly ever happen according to the International Shark Attack File. There's a file. We need to tell Nadine, our friend. Oh, She's Jeannie. petrified. I know. Remember, we used to do yeah. triathlons. I used to swim in the ocean. <laughs> and she said hell no hell to the no <laughs> she swam in a, a pond not a pond lake. a lake i think she did do a i'm not sure i can't speak for it because i can't remember but she wouldn't do it she she was paranoid and i used to make fun of her right but i used to make fun of her and then while we were training for triathlons and i continued to do it for quite a long time i was training and 
in Southern California, there was a group of people swimming in the ocean, also training during a triathlon, I believe, and someone got killed by a shark at the time. What? Yes. Listen, you're wearing a black wetsuit, swimming around and making a lot of noise with a bunch of other people. The shark thinks you're a seal. Yeah. There's no way. He's not like, oh, humans, they don't want us. No, they really don't. No, we don't taste good. We don't taste good. Uh Uh-uh. Um, so there's the international shark attack file, which I would love to see that file. Is it just a manila envelope? In some- <laughs> I, I'm picturing it's like this big metal filing cabinet. You pull it out and yeah. it goes forever and ever and ever. There's and ever so and ever. much information yeah. on the shark attacks. No. And they don't tell us the truth. Because, <laughs> you know, there's shark week. Well, yeah. And shark week is fascinating. It's not just about shark attacks, though. It's about sharks yes. and their behavior. Right. Right. But- people love that i mean yeah. jaws started it i dunna, 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 dunna. just two notes that's all I it mean, takes and you are scared literally it, and we've talked about this too i think before but if anyone ever wants to watch jaws and laugh yeah. you will die of laughter because it's so hokey nowadays with oh. the kind of the shark looks that shark? like the shark looks rubber it is rubber i know but at the time listen steven spielberg gave it his all at the time, he he knocked it out of the park. We were afraid. To, I was afraid to take a bath. It was scary. <laughs> I have a relative. I'm not going to out this person, but I have a relative who, after they saw that movie, sold no sold their surfboard and has not been back in the ocean. That movie was when 1970 something. It's your brother. It's not my brother. It's not my brother. Do I'm, I know this person? No, you don't know okay. this person. Uh, that's how <laughs> scary Jaws was at the time. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary. It's but scary. your chances of actually being eaten or attacked, not eaten, but attacked by a shark, 3.7 million. You're actually much more likely to die as a result of coming into contact with a hornet, a wasp, or a bee, mm-hmm. one in 54,000, than even being bitten or seeing a shark while you're in the water, according to the National Safety Council. So the odds are crazy. That's, well, that makes you feel a little bit better. A little bit better, but I don't like the whole hornets, wasps, and bees. Oh, my. I don't like that at all. No. No. It's all bad news. Thanks it's, for sharing. You're that. welcome. Have you been to the grocery store to buy eggs lately? Yes, I have. Holy crap. Yeah. It's expensive. What is it? It's so crazy. Yeah. And there's all the kinds of reasonings. And I know, you know, bird flu, the cost of feed. It's just a, a crazy thing. But to buy eggs is like $7 a, a dozen. Yeah. So what if you happen to op- crack your egg and you had a double yolk? It's like I would, a twofer. No, I'd throw away immediately. You would? Absolutely. Eggs gross me out anyway. <laughs> I this would be com- so happy. No, 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 it's no. It's like no. a twofer. No, no. Buy one, get one. Mm-mm. This comes from my... It's a BOGO. This comes from my childhood being raised in Northern California where my parents thought it would be a great idea to get chickens and then eat those eggs. You don't want to see the entity that your breakfast is coming out of. You don't want to see it. I don't have a problem with it. I I would have chickens and I could do all of that kind of stuff. I don't have a problem. No, because you're a real, you're truly an animal lover. I'm also truly a farmer in disguise in the the middle of a, of the, I should have had a farm. Of urban scrawl. I I should have been a farmer. (laughs) I like that kind of stuff. But the odds of cracking open an egg with a double yolk are about one in a thousand. One in one thousand. 
of a double yoke. Okay, I'm thinking about this. One in a thousand. Okay. And often you will find them coming from younger hens. Well, we don't have that option here. Yeah. You know, because we just buy ours. We just if buy had your, yeah. yeah. If you crack an egg every... So listen, this mm-hmm. is how you'd have to go about this. If you crack an egg every day... Yeah. You're only likely to get a double yolk once every three years. Oh. Okay. If you okay. crack an egg every day. Because okay. the universe can be truly random, you could also end up with an entire carton of double yolked eggs, like one British man did in 2016. A whole carton? Yes. No. Yes. No. You can never go back to that store again. What? This is like a good thing for him. Mm-mm. Yes. There's a picture here. Of all of these yolks, look at this. He's making a huge omelet. Oh, I want to vomit. (laughs) Sorry. Occasionally, hens lay eggs with two yolks in them, and it's relatively rare, and it happens to chickens when they ovulate twice in quick succession, just in case you wanted to know. I did want to know. And the chances of finding a double yolk are about one in a thousand, but in one kitchen in Tennington, UK... A, sub- a suburb of London, a 17-year-old found double yolks in every single egg in one carton of a dozen eggs. Mm-mm. Yep. Mm-mm. Yep. He bought the box of eggs at Tesco, and based on the video above, either he's a very good actor or he was surprised as everyone else. It's remarkable. It's in a remarkable occurrence. I feel like it. that's fake. I don't mean to... Sorry. Yep, it says the odds of finding 12 eggs with double yolks are about one in a thousand trillion. Oh, see, there's no way. He made that up. Sorry. Could be. Could be. Could be. Why would you go through the trouble of doing that, though? That's kind of lame. He's 17. Oh, he's 17. Yeah. Well, that, okay, that, he's never 17. mind. You just answered the question for me. Thank you yeah. so much. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Double yolks have a sign associated with them. What's that? In folklore, they are associated with fertility and good fortune. So oh. some people believe that finding double yolk foreshadows pregnancy. Mm. So for the 17-year-old, I hope he knows what he's got going on. Buddy. And even twins. Mm. Others believe it's just a sign of general good luck. Okay. You? I can good luck. Not so much. The no. 17-year-old just probably wanted some notoriety of some sort. Yeah. I don't know. Do you need attention that bad? <laughs> All right. Double yoking it. Double yoking it. Okay, here's my last one. And this is this is for you, Denise. The odds of winning the Powerball jackpot. Oh, I'm still going to play every so often, you should. no matter what. No, you should. One in 292 million. One in 292 million. million. Uh. Yeah. So, uh. and along with that statement on this website is Jim Carrey a meme of Jim Carrey going, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, right. you never know. Yeah. Someone's going to win it. Someone needs to win it. Could be me. The money goes to the children. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if you won the Powerball and it was a billion dollars, mm-hmm. would we ever hear from you again? No. <laughs> You'd hear from me, but the, no one else would know that I won that except from probably my close friends and family. Yeah. But then again, it's public knowledge, so they Not know. necessarily. No, it is. At least this last time, that billionaire winner, yeah, they announced his name. Uh-oh. It was kind of scandalous. They announced it over and over and over again. They did this whole thing on him. And hey, I, John Doe, it, aren't you lucky? Yes. Really? It was terrible. Oh, that's yes. awful. Yes. We'll look yeah. that up too uh, after we're off, Mike. It is some crazy thing. And I would be like, he wouldn't show his face on camera, obviously. No. They didn't give his address. If that is his real name, which they said it was. You have to sign it. 
you have to sign your ticket. Yeah. So, so it, it, I that's thought it not was cool. totally irresponsible. That's not cool. Personally. But Mm-mm. that guy is not working anymore. No, he's not. Who? who and would... he's got a lot of relatives and friends coming out of the woodwork. All of a sudden, my cousin Joey shows up. Oh, who? A lot of Joey's coming yeah. up. Yeah. So this is my last one. Tell me. And it kind of goes with living to be 100. It kind of goes with that. It's just kind of in the same realm. What are the odds of you dying on your birthday? Oh, gee. I don't know. I hope they're... I hope the odds are low, ever in my favor. I don't know. Well, it says it seems like you should have about a one in three hundred and sixty-five or three hundred and sixty-six if you're in a leap year chance okay. of dying on your birthday. Uh-huh. An economist at the University of Chicago discovered this isn't the case. You're six point seven percent more likely to die on your birthday, a rate that increases for young people or when birthdays fall on the weekends. Oh. Okay, because you're partying. Because you're partying. Maybe, yes. Yeah. So you are you have a 6.7% more likely chance of dying on your birthday okay. at a rate uh, that increases for the young people. Okay. Because they're being stupid. Sure. I mean, what's new? Do you like you like baseball. I love baseball. Have you ever, We I used to have season tickets when I was younger. Our family had season tickets and we were on the first baseline. Yeah. So we had lots of times balls came our way sure they were usually line drives okay so you were trying to duck mm-hmm. you weren't it wasn't too much sometimes it was pop flies <laughs> but not a lot what are the odds of catching a foul ball what do you think i think they got to be pretty good aren't they well it says that it's kind of your your thing kids bring their mitt gloves sure so do some adult men Mm-hmm. I've seen that, right? Yeah. They're oh, ready. Yeah. They're ready yeah. for it. They're right? ready. Uh-huh. They're, they're going to get it. The odds of that happening, you catching a foul ball, aren't ter- too too terrible, depending on obvious factors like where you're sitting and the pitcher batter matchup. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it yeah. depends. Okay. Depends. All in all, there's around a one in eight hundred and thirty-five chance of snagging a ball while rooting for your team. Eight hundred thirty-one. So, uh, eight hundred thirty-five. Okay. So one in eight hundred thirty-five, okay. but. The odds of catching two in a row oh. are closer to one in a billion. Yeah, one in a billion. <laughs> so that's not happening for you. If you get one, be happy. Be happy. You're not getting a second one. No, probably not. Nope. Oh, I love it though. That's fun. There's nothing more fun than catching a foul ball. I like to see people catch the foul ball. I love it when there's a dad holding mm-hmm. a kid mm-hmm. and they catch it like in their so cap cute. and the kid doesn't know any better. He's so cute. Oh, I love that. It's such a great day. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it. Uh, what are the odds of you listening to Two Average Girls again? <laughs> I think they're pretty good. We're glad you joined us. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. Be sure and rate, review, subscribe. Check us out on Instagram. And uh, if you go to twoaveragegirlspodcast.com, you can get on our mailing list and see all of the extra content that we have on there. It's super fun. We'll see you next time. Episodes of Two Average Girls are free wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on the Two Average Girls main page so you never have to go searching for new episodes. Our editor is Aiden Bloomstein. Our social media producer is Samantha Stone. And original music for Two Average Girls is by Jason Freese.